Here the old gods are dead. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiya, this is the Creepy Bee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Oh my god, it's been a while. How are you? <laughs> we're recording this backwards. <laughs> Preface, we just recorded the whole episode and now we're recording the intro because I have somewhere to be, but then we realise we have time. Oh, I sped run this episode. If you are like, listen, I would like to be clear. This is called the Creepy We Podcast. So if an episode's half an hour long, it kind of fits the bill. (laughs) (laughs) I wish episodes were longer. It's not called the Creepy XL Podcast. (laughs) Come on. The Creepy Big Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't fit the branding. You were treated to extra long episodes when I could not shut up about Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> and they're for you to be interested in something again. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I well, we've already spoke for half an hour. Like, what the fuck do we even talk about? Uh, what about that? Nah. Well, I watched. Uh, I I finally watched Megan. Did I talk about that already? Did I say that? And I watched Megan, best film I've seen all year. I mean, I know it's like February, but. So good. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to get better than that. Yeah, well, I watched After Sun as well, and I was like, yeah, that was great. Really well written, really beautifully made film. But oh. <laughs> Megan outsold. <laughs> Megan outsold. Uh, I'm really thinking that Oscar bait is not the way forward anymore, and I'm thinking it's more like we're going back to like stupid, like naughty's films. Because Megan was really good. I watched Puss in Boots 2 today, also really good. Um, and then uh, I really have high hopes for Cocaine Bear. So we're yeah, back I'm to, really like, excited for Cocaine Bear. Yeah, we're back to like animal horrors, um, stupid sci-fi, and um, what's that? DreamWorks animations. Like it is the return of the early noughties. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah, me too. My brain needed the rest. <laughs> I don't want to watch another fucking House of Gucci. I'm so sick. <laughs> Um, so, what's what's your silly little question this week? Uh, if you had a dinner party and you could invite, so the table is six people, six people around a circular table, think mm-hmm. knights of the round table, and you're one of them. Who are the other five? And they can be dead or alive. 
One can be like an animated cat if you want it to be as well. I don't mind. Like you can say Puss in Boots. I feel like you're going to say Puss in Boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how mine's are probably going to be like dead serious and you're going to be like Puss in Boots. Um, Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, right, hold on. I'll do mine and then we can contrast it with yours. <laughs> so <laughs> mine's is going to be a table of maligned women. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be... And, the, and then one not so maligned, right. So Mary Queen of Scots. Right. Marlon Monroe. Basically so I can apologise to these people. They would have <laughs> like, really good... I feel like they'd have really good chemistry. Oh, aye. They'd be like, look, we've been through it. What can we chat about? I might actually invite Debbie Harry because she likes to speak French so she could talk to Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> and then it, I've at least got like... <laughs> She loves to speak French. At any given opportunity in a Blondie song, Debbie Harry will just start speaking in French. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they also that. released... They released Sunday Girl just fully in French. And it's oh, a, like when it's Girls Alive released Je ne parle pas français. Like, I don't speak I, French, but they spoke the whole thing in French. Can't. <laughs> I'm no convinced that Debbie Harry can speak French, but she can maybe sing to Mary Queen of Scots in French. Yeah. <laughs> Very, it's giving like just saying sounds okay yeah. that's three that's three that's three and then i think i'm not inviting any men to this table because marlon monroe and mary queen of scots are there on a day white like a day one that we feel any worse than they already do and then i think gloria steinem because she's one of, of my heroes and i would love to hear mayor about what it was like to infiltrate the play the playboy mansion <laughs> And then, so Gloria Steinem, Mary Queen of Scots, Marlon, Marlon Monroe, Monroe, Debbie Harry, Debbie Harry for some French. <laughs> I love that I've no picked like a French woman. I've just picked Debbie <laughs> Harry. <laughs> uh, who else? I think Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, she's on mine. Really, really, yeah. I love Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, I think so I think she would bring a wee bit of levity. I think she's really she was really witty and she was really smart. Really I think I'd get. I think I'd hate get crack with charisma. Yeah, yeah. I'd hate get crack with Anna Nicole Smith. I think you know she can just rattle off a joke at a dinner party. I just, I feel that. I just. She's there to break ice. Insane. She's there yeah. to break ice. Maybe I think her and Marlon Monroe would hate get crack. I think they would like be found like kissing somewhere. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. I. I'm glad that we had a crossover. So who the fuck are you sitting with Anna Nicole Smith then? <laughs> so Anna Nicole Smith is one. And then, um, hang on, VC Andrews, the writer of Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and My Sweet Audrina. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm reading My Sweet Audrina right now. Most fucked up piece of... And I read Flowers in the Attic and it's fucked up. But reading My Sweet Audrina, this is the like most insane thing. This woman as far as I know, was never in jail. Should have been. Oh, I um, Hard drive check for her. Yeah. <laughs> I can't sure. believe I recommended that you read My Sweet Audrina at breakfast after Cardly Ray Jepsen. <laughs> I was like, do you want to feel sick to your stomach? <laughs> and I do. Oh my God, and I do. It's... So yeah, I want to invite her because I basically want to go, why? Like, <laughs> I need her to elaborate She's on, just like, banging out a line of coke and being like, it was the 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you can't even just fully blame her because she's a best-selling author, so, like, people are supporting this career. Yeah, culturally, 
<laughs> flowers in the attic in the attic was a hit like that's on the that's on the public yeah i would probably invite marge simpson great answer great yeah. answer she'll be cooking um but also <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like i need her support because when i'm grilling vc andrews <laughs> i need someone in my corner and i just know she will be ride or die you know um, nothing makes me great like a marge simpson video and oh my god that one where she's supportive of lisa okay so season one episode eight i believe of the simpsons filmed in the very very early 1990s like the season started in 1989 for the christmas episode but in the early 1990s they recorded an episode that deals with like children with depression <laughs> and like the parent being supportive which is like kind of revolutionary like that's i love how that... my my special interest is mary queen of scots and yours is like deep <laughs> deep deep lore of the simpsons <laughs> But it's like, I just always find it insane, like, hard-hitting things they were dealing with in, like, that first season. The hard-hitting episodes of The Simpsons are so, like, they do hit different, because it's The Simpsons. Yeah. You're and right, you're right to set Marge Simpson. Um, who else? Oh, Lana Del Rey. True. Obviously. Harry and Anna Nicole Smith. Oh my will, god. They're on the same wavelength, so I really, I think something good will happen. I don't know, I think we need someone with, like, serious, like, stories as well that, like, can command a room. So, like, Maya Angelou. Yeah, we need someone with, like, a hard-hitting story to actually carry the... Like, intellectual then again, conversation. Anna, then again, Anna Nicole Smith could all, also lead the, like, philosophical portion of the evening. I feel like she'd come up with something stupid. I hope your table's next to mine so Mary Queen of Scots can, like, lean back and, like, talk to Maya Angelou. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have so okay. So we have two servers and a person with a bottle of wine. So we're gonna have Graham Norton, Alan Carr, <laughs> yes, and and then Danny DeVito. And Danny the way. DeVito, yeah, he's the concierge. The vibes are immaculate in this room. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a great time. Whose wedding is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Madonna and Guy Ritchie's. <laughs> <laughs> that was in Doinock. Did you know? <laughs> Again, we recorded this after the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's all come full circle. (laughs) But like the circle's back. It's like, you know, when people record a TikTok and they're like, they say something and then at the end and they go, and that's why. And then it goes back to the thing they say at the start. (laughs) This is what we've just done. We've made a TikTok, but it's like half an hour long. Okay, so to get to get even more metal with this the entertainment for this dinner party is going to be celebrity <laughs> psychic and medium helen duncan so we're going to take a wee break and then we'll talk we'll talk about helen duncan <laughs> wait i'm really impressed with that <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So do you ken anything about Helen Duncan? I lived around the corner from a lady called Helen Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know Helen Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Hands up if you know Helen Duncan. And it's the same for Mean Girls. <laughs> so, um, this Helen Duncan. Vaguely. <laughs> vaguely. She's often referred to as, like, the last witch in Britain or Scotland. Hot. Which is untrue. But basically, oh. <laughs> when the Allied forces were bringing World War II to an end, Britain's highest criminal court was trying a celebrity spiritualist named Helen Duncan, and she was being tried as a mediumistic fraud under the 1735 Witchcraft Act. I love to just put words like this in to see if you're <laughs> going to be like, is that a word? <laughs> I'm like, yes, of course. So true. Is that a word? <laughs> so Helen can kind of be seen as a spiritual successor to the infamous Fox sisters. These sisters pioneered the spirituality movement in the 1800s before eventually confessing that their craft was a hoax after 40 years of a lucrative career nice. in spiritualism. Uh, I respect that. <laughs> Helen's, Helen's story is very much similar to this. So, Victoria Helen McFarlane was born in Calendar on the 25th of November in 1897. She was the daughter of Archibald McFarlane, a Slater, and Isabel Rattray. At school, Helen scared her classmates with ominous prophecies and hysterical behaviour, much to the distress of her Presbyterian mother. Helen's psychic tendencies earned her the nickname Hellish Nell. After leaving, <laughs> after leaving school, she worked at the Dundee Royal Infirmary, and in 1916, she married Henry Duncan, who was a cabinet maker and wounded war veteran. He was supportive of her psychic talents and allowed her to support their family of six children by performing seances. Evil gaslighting so she... GF, supportive BF. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> also a breadwinner, which is unheard of in these times. <laughs> yeah. She was ahead of her time and that's why they called her a witch, methinks. Just you wait. <laughs> So in 1926, she transitioned from clairvoyant to physical mediumship. She offered seances in which she claimed to be able to permit the spirits of the recently deceased to materialise, 
by emitting ectoplasm from her mouth and other orifices. <laughs> Not the discharge. <laughs> Not the so, discharge. <laughs> I've got a definition here of what ectoplasm is, and this really rips into it. Is ectoplasm is an imagined substance. <laughs> <laughs> supposedly emanating from a medium in a trance-like state. Repeated exposés have revealed that ectoplasm is typically simulated with chiffon or cheesecloth, Stevie Nicks, <laughs> easily compressible. These light fabrics are ideal for hiding and could, by inventing imagination in near dark, simulate the spirit of a baby in a dress or unfolded further as a person in a transparent shroud. So, like, okay. they kind of just, like, back in the parlor day... Tricks. Yeah, it's parlour tricks, basically. They would make uh, they would make it, like, a tiny rolled-up bit of cheesecloth and be like, this ectoplasm looks like a baby, <laughs> and then unroll it further and it looks like a ghoul, basically. Right. The audacity of them to say it's made up. It's literally in the Scooby-Doo movie, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Um, <laughs> and, and when Belma gets the pterodactyl ghost scare, she goes, the pterodactyl ghost. <laughs> um, but like, it, it's covered in ectoplasm when they analyse it. So it's real. I'm try- The first time that I heard about ectoplasm, I think it was on Most Haunted. Most Haunted took ectoplasm really of seriously. <laughs> so, and the electromagnetic also- spectrum for some reason. Yeah, they love a, what is it, ECG recording and stuff like that. <laughs> Something. They would just run around with Geiger counters. <laughs> like, that's a ghost. <laughs> um, so Helen would use these parlour tricks in her own spirit cabinet, which she would sit in the corner of a dark room whilst, and she would sit inside it whilst conducting her seance. Spirit cabinets or spirit boxes uh, were used by magicians originally, such as the Davenport brothers, who would be tied up in a spirit cabinet in which they play, they they placed musical instruments. After spirits were glimpsed outside of the cabinet, music was heard playing, theatre lights would eventually come on and the brothers would be found securely tied, proving that no trickery was involved. So it's this whole thing is a big shtick. <laughs> Love. That's like so these, elaborate. So Helen Duncan had her own spirit box. It consisted <laughs> of a pair of black velvet curtains that hung for the ceiling and framed an armchair. In her seance, the scene was dimly lit with a red light that produced an unearthly glow. So basically she would be like in the corner of whatever hall or whatever she was doing the seance in. It would just be candle lit and then there would be a red light in the spirit box. So you wouldn't really be able to tell what's gone on. And it would be quite moody, I suppose. It would kind of... She got people drunk and then she played with the lights and was like, oh my God, a ghost. Oh my God. (laughs) No, literally, no, literally. Cheryl! (laughs) (laughs) If you're here, just tap on the fucking table. So Helen would actually, before she like conducted her seances and before she got into her spirit box, the women in the audience would basically, like she would be like, search me, like strip search me basically, I've got nothing to hide. And they wouldn't see anything, so it would be really believable. Like they would think that there's nowhere for this ectoplasm to come from. So when she's producing it during the show, it would be really yeah. believable to them, like all, almost to the point of like hysteria. For some people, for like the very spiritual, like this would be believable. I don't um, think I would have fallen for it. 
I think Yo, I, mean, like... I reckon how anybody fell for this. Like, wait to hear what <laughs> she did. So after, like, basically proving that she doesn't have any ectoplasm on her or any, like, tricks up her sleeve, <laughs> Duncan would then go into the spirit box and the seance would commence. She would be in an apparent trance-like state, which would be evidenced by her loud snoring. <laughs> <laughs> she went... <sighs> Me, 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 me. <laughs> me, 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 me. And then everybody would be like, oh my God, she's asleep. And then the spirits would come and they'd be like, well, clearly <laughs> she's not up there. And so ectoplasm might be seen creeping from the cabinet. And Duncan's spirit guide, one Albert Stewart, would take over Helen, engaging in banter with the sitters. An ectoplasmic blob might appear and be regarded as, as a baby's head. Just like we said, like she she starts small and then she like works her way up, and then another shrouded figure might appear as the ectoplasm gets larger. At times, a sitter would be permitted to touch the ectoplasm, and it was often described as feeling like soft cloth. One witness complained that the spirits were fat and clammy, undoubtedly human, perhaps Me. much like Helen Duncan draped in like cloth that's exactly what he felt like white bed sheet (laughs) Helen Duncan in a wet white bed sheet I wonder what it is in 1928 a photographer called Harvey Metcalf attended a series of Helen's seances and during a session he obviously took flash photography like normally these were conducted in the dark so nobody had like that much a clue what was going on appeared for the people who touched mm. her and was like hmm this feels like a human wrapped in wet cloth um, <laughs> so this photographer takes flash photography and then develops these pictures and you can you can google these by the way please google like Helen Duncan like spirits and these will come up so one photo shows a doll made a painted paper mache draped in a white sheet that one's funny it looks like a pun doll and I think it might be <laughs> I found it this one aye aye so this guy took the pictures and then it's just like dolls wrapped oh, in white cloth so <laughs> this is a oh very God, silly story looks like she's throwing up a piece of white paper I, I'm gonna get into that I'm gonna get into her ectoplasm as you listen along, please please Google Helen Duncan spirits and you can see all the images that this guy took. And basically, she got outed as a fraud to be, like because of these images, but like big believers in spirituality, mm. because it was huge back then, were like, no, no, Helen Duncan's not a fraud. We believe her, believe women. And <laughs> <laughs> so this was kind of like the beginning of like, her getting found out to be a fraud. And on the 6th of January, 1933, in Edinburgh, it's alleged that the spirit a little girl called Peggy emerged in Helen's seance room. A sitter grabbed her and the lights were turned on and the spirit was revealed to be made from an under vest. <laughs> so like somebody like, whilst Helen was like speaking through this, well, this little girl Peggy was speaking through Helen, somebody gets up and was like, I smell shite. And just got up and ripped it and it's just a wet vest. <laughs> I definitely shite. And Helen was prosecuted and fined ten <laughs> and fined ten pound. <laughs> the undervest was used as evidence, which led to Duncan's conviction of fraudulent mediumship at a trial at Edinburgh Sheriff Court. The spiritualist journal at the time, Light, 
endorsed the court's decision that Duncan was fraudulent and supported the investigation that revealed her ectoplasm was simply cheesecloth, like I had <laughs> described before. And Duncan's husband was also suspected of acting as her accomplice by hiding the fake ectoplasm. So basically, she kind of got away with it at the start of the show when she's like, look at me, I've got nothing to hide, like you can look up my sleeve and do mm. my top and whatever. But it was actually her husband would basically sit either behind or in the spirit box where and start just pulling out all these cloths <laughs> and handing them to Helen. Although it is noted that Helen had frequent nosebleeds during her shows, which as an actress sort of myself, I would be complete I would be claiming that this was for like stress and like the power of like my mediumship was just causing me to have nosebleeds. Like this power of the spirits was like too much. Yeah, but that cool. is actually Kenny what Kenny what she claimed. She was like, it's because oh. of like the stress I'm under during these shows. But what in actual fact it was is that she was shoving like muslin and cheesecloth up her mm-hmm. nose and pulling it out during the shows to make it look like ectoplasm was like pulling out her nose and like coming out her mouth and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's what you... that picture is. So that's how she ended up getting like really bad nosebleeds. I mean, I the pictures are like kind of really cool. <laughs> like I would yeah, make this like... my phone lock screen. Yeah, it goes hard as fuck. The These would look kind of cool on like a Victorian Tumblr blog. Yes. I, I just kind of believe that people Tumblr were falling for this in like 1933. Why wasn't this on Tumblr? Unsure. I think I heard about this for the first time either on YouTube or Tumblr. Could be true. Because it's quite a unique tale. So, by the 1940s, Helen was touring the UK in spiritualist churches. Even after she was kind of like, found out to be a fraud, people were still like paying to see this show and during world war ii in november 1941 duncan held a seance in portsmouth at which she claimed the spirit materialization of a soldier told her that the hms barham had been sunk i don't know if anybody needs like a refresher on how it works like <laughs> but during times of war specifically in world war one and world war two allied forces would like any military defeat they would keep really like tightly wrapped like nobody could find it no morale could be dented like the war yeah. effort had to be like could like discredit the British army basically. Even if soldiers were at war and they were writing back home and were like, it's shit out here, like I hate it in the trenches, like everybody's dying, casualties are really high. Like the British army would read their letters and black everyone out and then send the letter. (laughs) Like even (laughs) if the whole thing was blacked out and it was just like, love John. (laughs) That's how it Well, I guess he's alive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because the sinking of the HMS Barham was revealed, in strict confidence only to the relatives of the casualties and not announced to the public until late January 1942, the Navy started to take an interest in Helen's activities. Two lieutenants were amongst her audience at a seance on the 14th of January 1944, so like a couple of years later, still during the war. Yeah. One of these lieutenants was not impressed as a white cloth figure had appeared behind the curtains claiming to be his aunt. However, he had no deceased aunt. <laughs> In the same sitting, another figure appeared claiming to be his sister, but the guy replied saying that his sister was alive and well. This is so embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, I would be mortified. And this lieutenant, who was disgusted by the seance, reported it to the police. 
and they followed up on this on the 19th of January, just a few days later. And two undercover policemen arrested Helen at another seance. Uh, whilst she was um, conducting her seance, it was like there was a ghost, like a white-shrouded manifestation which had appeared and the guys were like, turn the fucking lights on, let's arrest her. <laughs> so the white shrouded figure turned it to be Helen herself in a white cloth which she attempted to, to conceal whilst the lights were turned on uh, while she was arrested. So that's... It's pretty fucking embarrassing. That's <laughs> uh, so cringe. I would have I, to... Like, a, like in a room through spiritualists and she's just like, um, this cloth just fell on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm God, not did you see that? The curtain just came off the wall. <laughs> the ghost... <laughs> So she's arrested. Some officials were concerned by the violations of Winston Churchill's order to keep all naval losses secret. He's prime minister at the time, obviously. Some of them, some of them, kind of thought like, is she a spy? How the fuck does she ken this? Is she actually a like? Is she that on the ball? Like, how did she get this right? But also, like, when she was arrested, she was in Portsmouth, which is a huge naval town. Yeah. Yeah. So she. Probably has just heard some rumours. Oh, was it like, like it was, true? Yeah, it was true. They the Hedenmouth Barham <laughs> did sink, and she got it right. But they're like wondering how the fuck, she, how the fuck did she can this? Oh, I thought she was just like just saying shit. You know, like no, I no, no. She was like, well, no one's allowed to know this anyway, so like they're not going to find out. So if I say that this has been sunk, then they'll believe. I thought it was like that kind of. Bit. That that's why it kind of got. That's what got her on their radar because they were like, "No, that ship has sunk. Like, how the fuck does she can that?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, like I do believe that Helen Duncan was psychic. Like when she was younger, she was a psychic. She had all these like psychic tendencies and stuff like that. I do think, however, she I was a hustler. I believe she was nosy. I believe she was nosy. <laughs> I she she was like. Obviously, she's performing in spiritualist churches, so she's in a spiritualist church in Portsmouth. Somebody's been to Ken Sutton and has told her, is she a spy? Is she a true medium? Whatever the case, officials seem to be unwilling to take chances whilst D-Day was approaching. So she's booked, like she is arrested. (laughs) Helen was jailed, tried and convicted and she lost her appeal and served her sentence at Holloway Prison. This is so funny. For my research, I had to keep it in. So she's at Holloway Prison. She failed to foresee a rocket strike on the prison in the summer of 1944. <laughs> <laughs> but she did escape injury. Oh, that's so, like... that so funny. That is so funny. Like the person who wrote the article that I used for like some of my research was like, she failed to foresee. I was like, all right, dragon. I imagine it being like Wiley Coyote with the sign that says like, uh oh, when rockets are coming. (laughs) Aye, that is what it was like. So basically, she's tried and convicted under the Witchcraft Act, a 1735. The trial provoked a curt note from Churchill to the Home Secretary wishing to know why the Witchcraft Act of 1735 was being used in a modern court of justice, and officials were keeping busy with all this absolute tomfoolery. It's on Churchill's radar, he's aware of this, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Witch. (laughs) (laughs) he's a witch (laughs) that sounds like something a witch would say that is insane in 1945 1944 this is like what is this was so annoying to Churchill that he admits like everything that's gone on with like 
the end of World War Two. He's like, what the fuck has gone on? Like, why are you doing this? What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck is this? So it's often claimed that Helen's was the last witch trial in Britain. However, there was one more conviction under the Act before Parliament replaced it in 1951 with modern legislation in the form of the Fraudulent Mediums Act. After she's tried, she's sentenced to nine months imprisonment. And when she was convicted, she cried out, I have done nothing. Is there a God? Which probably didn't make her look any better. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic, though. Yeah. I I have to appreciate her, like... um fancy for the dramatics like yeah she's a performer that i'll say that yeah she's definitely a performer and smart oh she made a lot of money yeah uh on her release in 1945 duncan promised to stop conducting seances but she was arrested during another one in 1956 (laughs) and that was just her getting caught so i think she was doing some underground seances that's so funny (laughs) wait did people not think she was arrested for this. Maybe it's not all real. And they just kept going. Yeah, or I think if I was alive during this time, I'd be like, oh, that lassie who was like hanging for being a fraud medium has got a show going on that nobody cares about. I would go. That That's would be a laugh. To yeah. see this old woman pulling cheesecloth covered in egg whites at her nose. Yeah, it's kind of a comedy set at that point. Aye. When's Helen Duncan doing the fringe? <laughs> Michael McIntyre found dead. Oh my God. <laughs> so Helen dies in her home in Edinburgh on the 6th of December 1956, a short time after another seance that she did illegally. It's believed by spiritualists that Helen Duncan died as a result of the sudden impact of ectoplasm snapping back into her body when <laughs> when the police raided her seance and turned on the light. Um, so they're saying that she was like, this was like an injury <laughs> that caused her to like... <laughs> Because yeah. they're like, get ill and die. Vocational um, injury. What did her life insurance say about this? <laughs> Contrary to what these spiritualists have written, it is unlikely that there's anything unusual about Duncan's death, nor was it caused by the police disturbing her during a, tra- during a trance. Duncan's medical records indicated that she had a long history of poor health. And that's the story girl boss drama queen Helen Duncan, who's... Love. ...quote-unquote the last witchy Scotland, but not really... She's the yeah. last great performer of her time. Yeah. <laughs> she was the share of her era. Uh, the last, there is like the last like proper like convicted witch trial that resulted in death was a woman, Fade Dornach, which I would love check to cover. That check I out. would love to cover that. Actually, it. should we do that next? Should we do that next? Why not? I love Dornach. Madonna, yeah. Guy Ritchie. They were in Dornach. They got married there. They got married Shut in Dornach. Up. You didn't ken that. Shut up. <laughs> there's a there's a cafe in Dornick that's like in an old courthouse in jail, and there's a big mural on the wall. That witch is in the mural because we were there, and I was looking at it, and I was like, that spooky bitch up the back's definitely a witch. And then we've seen like where she had been, where our trial had been, and stuff like that. Like, there's markers for it, and then I was like, wait, <laughs> is that Madonna? <laughs> and then. My pals that oh. I was with were like, "Aye, Madonna got married here. Did you know Ken that? And I was like, right, sorry, I'm 55. <laughs> I mean, I'm from near there and I did not know. <laughs> what? You can Google it. There was very many famous faces in Tornick <laughs> that, that this is summer. Like, this is like Gwyneth Paltrow and Partick. You know the pictures of Gwyneth Paltrow holding oh, her when she's in Partick? It's the same thing. 
Why was Gwyneth Paltrow in Partick? A wedding. In Partick. Someone's someone's wedding. Yeah. Love Gwyneth Paltrow though. Another witch. Yeah. Another hustler. Another con man. <laughs> I mean, she is into crystals, so I guess you could call her a witch. I love Goop. I think it's so funny, and I think I... folk who take I think folk who take her seriously on that like need to look inward. I'm like, yeah. It, obviously, like it's a con selling like vagina scented candles. Pardon? Aye, it is. She's an eccentric. She's a true eccentric. She's one of the greatest actors of our time. She's just like Helen Duncan. Just Just like like Helen Helen Duncan. Duncan. All right. Right. We'll hear it and write in. Next episode, we'll do the Witch Child in Dornach. So that's been the Creepy Wee Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow your Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod. You can find merch and other stuff at the creepywepodcast.co.uk. Thanks. Bye. There's no business like show business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.